Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all blessedly without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we have First Circuit. The pedal steel guitar is usually an instrument reserved for country and western music. Its complicated pitch-changing levers and pedals, volume swells, and lack of frets gives the high and lonesome music of rural America its distinctive weepy sound. But some artists push the instrument into new territory, notably Uber producer Daniel Lanois, who creates lush soundscapes with his ethereal and otherworldly pedal steel playing. The Los Angeles-based band First Circuit falls somewhere in between. At its heart, the band's sound is reminiscent of a lot of British bands in your record collection, maybe a less experimental Radiohead or a more muscular Coldplay. But it's their use of pedal steel that sets them apart from other would-be British pop-rock emulators. First Circuit's pedal steel guitarist Kevin Milner juxtaposes his fairly traditional steel playing with Adam Kurtz's adventurous songwriting, and the result is a pleasing blend that just makes sense. Welcome to Independence Day, First Circuit. Thanks, Joe. Hello. Hey, it's welcome. we got four of you guys here. Let's introduce everybody so the people keeping score at home know who we're dealing with here. We'll start with my right. This is the front guy, front man for this organization. This is Adam Kurtz. Say hello, Adam. Hello. My name is Adam. Welcome, Adam. Nice Thanks. to have you here. And then on bass, we have Mr. Kevin. I'm sorry. We have uh, B. Hussey. Hey, how you doing? Welcome, Kevin. Or if, I get the wrong. I got, I got I in like wrong order on my sheet here. B. Welcome, B. <laughs> also, you. Pedal Steel, Mr. Kevin Milner. Just keep bringing it back to me. Hello. That's right. I just want to talk about you. It's Pedal Steel all night. That's all it is. And then on drums, of course, Mr. Dustin Prince. Hello. Welcome. So are you guys uh, native Angelinos or uh, no? None of us are. None of you are. So Santa just give me real quick, where's everybody from? I'm Kevin, I'm from Santa Barbara. I'm probably the closest. Okay. I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in the Boston area and kind of identify with being from Maine. And that's Adam. I'm Adam. Yeah, okay. Sorry. How about you, B? Uh, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, very nice. One of my favorite bands. The, the band who wrote our theme music is uh, from Ann Arbor. The Great Lakes Myth Society. Wow. One of my favorite bands. Anyway, and you, sir? Um, south all my life, born in Texas and raised in Mississippi and then out to L.A. You don't sound like you're from Texas or Mississippi. No. I've been it out here after since beer the too. 90s. So. Yeah, the beer kind of makes it come out like that. But until yeah. then, I'm totally fine. <laughs> very, very nice. So I mean, I, I can, I can, I've got some roots in the South, but I never did have an accent. But I can put it on if I need to get my car fixed and I happen to be in <laughs> Alabama. Uh, in any case, so you guys are you're, – you're pr- Traditionally a four piece, but there was also like you're, you're, there's, a, there's female vocals all over this record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's someone Emily Saint Amand who I know was on. Was she on the record? Yeah, she, she was. Like, she was a she was a founding member of the band. Okay, she's a, a good friend of ours, and uh, she was on the record. And she plays with us when she can. Okay, um, we welcome her with open arms. Okay, so she's just kind of doing her thing, and she joins you when she's yeah. able. Okay, very very nice. And you've got this brand new EP. That just came out in October, if I'm correct. Is that right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And it is called I Hope You Get What You Came For. Why an EP as opposed to an LP? Uh, so the EP, this is Adam, by the way. Uh, this is The EP, which is traditionally like you know, four, five, six songs, uh, versus the LP, which would be you know, typically 45 to 50-minute album. It's kind of what you know, EP stands for? Extended play. Very nice. Most yeah. people don't know that in the world of yeah. uh, CDs as and downloads. As opposed to long play, right? Isn't right. that what LP is? I think, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, it it just makes sense. We we felt as a as a new band to be able to get our sound out there so, as soon as possible. So we wanted to do something we could record in a week in a weekend. We'd recorded it actually at B's studio company in uh, two days, 
and you know then some mixing and mastering of course but uh with five songs we can record it get it mixed mastered you know from when we went into the studio till when i was holding a physical cd it was like three or four months which wow. so then since we're new we kind of wanted to like jump start the whole process and just have it out there and did i read correctly did you do this on analog like did you or no yeah, uh my studio company uh we cut mostly to two inch and then we most people want it on pro tools yeah so. yeah what is there what's a real two inch tape these days well, in these guys' case, it was nothing because I tend to keep a stock around of old Ampex 499, Quantity right. 499. Uh, with tax in L.A., it is 347. Wow. <laughs> and <laughs> you get, depending on your inches per second, you can get, uh, what's the most you can get out of a reel? Uh, about 32. 32, 32 minutes if you run it at uh, 15 inches per second. Yeah, 15 inches, so, of course. Uh, I would generally... Do thirty, uh, just because some of the quieter material, depending yeah. on how the machine is calibrated. But uh, just since I know it's a, we're not worried about tape space there, right? You know, like we, yeah, you know, we cut it all on I think one reel, maybe two, depending yeah. on how many we, takes. We only do a couple takes per song. Yeah, and but this it is, makes bands make a choice, have to make a choice, which I really enjoy yeah. as, a, as an engineer. And that's inside baseball for those of you who aren't audio engineers. Yeah. Like a, it's an actual reel of two inch wide magnetic tape that spins on spindles, and people that's how that's how people made music for, you know, fifty years or more until the hard drive took over. And once upon a time, the tape I would never was cheap, but it no. was, uh, you know, now it's become a boutique thing. It, it's it's made a huge comeback, and there's two companies that make it again. And, oh, nice! Uh, it's it's great. It's great. I yeah. love it. It makes mixing a lot easier for those of you in the box. Yeah, some uh, and some so you know some bands are big devotees of of uh, analog. You know, drive by truckers I know do everything completely on analog, uh, and you get that you know you get that it's it's hissy, but you get that nice tape compression, which is kind of indicative of the medium, and it's, it's it kind of keeps you honest too. And it forces you to play as a band. Like we retra- we tracked all the you know everything other than vocals and you know a few select overdubs, but we had to track everything together instead yeah. of doing like drums and then we lay down guitar and then we lay down bass. Like we have yeah. to play it all together, and I think that just absolutely makes a better recording. Yeah, yeah. And now music is a big word document. If you like the second paragraph or like the last sentence of the second paragraph, you can literally cut it and paste it into the other one. You know, ah. a good a, a good engineer can cut and paste all these other things. Cheating. Sure. Do you remember the stories of them doing uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall? Like, they would get so maniacal. This is, of course, days of two-inch tape, but there's a thing where they invented something called a window edit where they would literally cut sideways across the tape to take just a drum fill and take out a portion of the tape and then splice it into somewhere else. That's bananas. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's we, a we, weird. Did a, we did that pretty extensively on this record. Uh, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cutting tape. and you Well, the right, you know, it's, it's very similar to the collages. wall at, yeah. at, at four or five tracks. And <laughs> fully, fully what, 20... Hey, it's a five-song album that c- checks in at over 28 minutes. So yeah. you, get, you get your money's worth. All right, so let's hear a little bit of this. We've been yammering about this for a few minutes. I want to give you guys a taste of what this band is all about. We have chosen the track Atmosphere from this EP, and we'll tell you where you can get it after this. This is the track Atmosphere from First Circuit from their EP. I hope you, I hope you get what you came for on Independence Day. Shutting down in the afternoon 
My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day, and that is the band First Circuit with their track Atmosphere from their brand new EP. I hope you get what you came for. That is an analog recorded, uh, I was going to say CD, which makes no sense whatsoever, but that's an analog recorded track. Did you mix and master and everything, like fully analog? No, I think, depending on the project, this one we didn't. 
we got it into Pro Tools, but at some point, okay. sometimes we'd go all the way through tracking. Other times, we uh, it, it came back through the board. Um, so it's kind of like a it's a hybrid, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's so much more. You can do so much more nowadays. Like when my last project, we did it. You know, we recorded everything in Pro Tools. It saved so much like money and allowed us to like do really flexible things. We did a lot of overdubbing at home just to save time. There's no reason to re- pay 70 bucks an hour or 100 bucks an hour, 200 bucks an hour to record a tambourine. It doesn't really need to be that way. You know, we're not, we don't have George Martin. <laughs> uh, we don't have Abbey Road. So we did a lot of that stuff at home uh, and then took it back to a studio. But then we mixed through out of Pro Tools into an analog exactly. board and then back to digital. And that's, it like, yeah. came out well. That's what we did too. And what I like about that is, you know, if you do, Anyone who mixes at home, you know you can tweak it just ever so little again and again and again. You can never really feel like you're done with it, whereas this forces you to be like, okay, it's yeah. done. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's something that I think you know a lot of younger bands don't really appreciate. It used to be for a mixing session, you get every person in the band had to be there because you needed you know, 20 fingers yeah. on the board. Because like, okay, now you, at exactly three minutes in, I need you to pan that all the way to the left. And you, because everyone had like a cue sheet almost, and they had to remember this like this thing, like it's, it was a live performance mm-hmm. with the board and all this stuff. It's kind of missed those days actually. But then you had the like the Jimi Hendrix records where the panning is just out of control, and you're like, you know, it's the beginning of panning. Have you ever listened to those? You're yeah, like, settle Jimmy, settle dude. down, Eddie Kramer. Yeah, whoever it's doing, <laughs> buddy. The funniest <laughs> thing about Hendrix is that I swear to God, like it's twenty, it's almost twenty thirteen now, and they they still find Hendrix tracks. I know, like right? where. When did he have time to do all these recordings? And where is like it holding up somebody's couch in the corner, like a big piece My of tape? My old neighbor had eight tracks. Okay. Some eight track, one inch. And I didn't have that format. And he was like, oh, let me, you know, do you have any studios that can get this? I really wanted to hear it. But the, he just wanted it off the tapes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're probably still around. They're yeah. Closets all over the world. Exactly. In any case, so this record, it's five tracks, and people can get this at your website, correct? Yeah, I mean, you can get it on the website, which is firstcircuitband.com. You can also, of course, go to iTunes, Amazon, yeah. the internet. The interwebs. If, if you have access to the internet, you know, or your friend does. Or a, or a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So, I mean, you're, you guys are, but you press CDs as well, and you're selling yep. them at shows yep. and things like that. Here, I'll give this one to you. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Christmas came early this year. And you got the cardboard packaging Actually, it's on there. a Hanukkah present. It's a Hanukkah present. Uh, well, I'm, I'm seven more of them completely can. non-denominational when it comes to that kind of thing. But in any case, so you've got this new EP, and now I know you guys did a Kickstarter thing as well. Did you do that for the record or for touring or for just general beer money? Um, yeah, it was just for beer money. We're just like, give us money so we could pay rent. No, of course not. Uh, and we were, it was it was great. We didn't have to use it for the record. We uh, got to use it. We're going to make a video for Atmosphere, and we're going to we bought uh, T-shirts, uh, which are going to come in the mail tomorrow. Yes. And then uh, tour money. So um, it's for those things. But it was nice to have the CD as, as a, you know, the album. As yeah, a, yeah. As so, and how did, you, how did you finance the record then? Um, from Like out of pocket? Yeah, from my bank account and Dustin's bank account. <laughs> so yeah. does, you're an executive producer then? That's how you get the producer credit? I paid for one day of the studio. So if that gives me that credit, I'll, I'll gladly take it. Yeah. Very nice. So... Um, I mean, you've got some shows coming up here too. You guys have a tour, so you, you mentioned you did the Kickstarter for tour money because that's the funny thing. Like for some bands, like touring is a gravy train. Like they actually make their money touring. Wait, can we talk to who? You mean like 
Coldplay? There are bands. <laughs> well, no, because I guess what I'm trying to say is that a lot of bands, they're not making any money at all from the records anymore. Well, don't, don't get me wrong. We're not making any money from the record either. Right. We share that with those bands. We're, we're a fledgling band. You know, we're new. This is our first album. And so we could either sit around LA for two or three years and be like, you know, try to develop a fan base here and then, you know, bring that to Arizona or, you know, far and wide. But we decided, first of all, we wanted to go on tour. So we're like, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, might as it's, well try uh, to develop fan bases all throughout. It's almost pointless to play in your hometown. You know, if you have like, unless you, unless you live in a college town where, that's you know, there's those bands that look all up and down the East Coast of the United States. That's how Dave Matthews got his start. He's go from college town to college mm-hmm. town to college town, and there's a built-in audience. There's right. a bunch of kids who every night of the week, seven nights a week, they want to go out and get all liquored up. So they're going to go for nickel beer night and see whatever band is there. Right. So unless you live in a place like a college town where there's a built-in audience, it's almost pointless. You play every now and again because it's you're not really not going to get you. Well, it's the thing if you want, you really shouldn't be playing in the same city whether right. it's your hometown or not more than like once a month. Probably uh, one could argue once. a you know, yeah, a lot, three months. A, you know, much re- a longer cycle. But we than need that, I think. you need to be playing. Right. So that's why you know we went to San Diego last week and uh, and we're going then we're going on the southern tour you know, uh-huh. as far as Austin and back. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's me. So why don't you play a little bit of music? We'd oh, like okay. to hear what you guys are all about here. Tell what's what's this song going to be? So we're going to play the song uh, "Dog Bite," which is uh, song number two on the album. Wonderful. All right, you guys ready?
that, ladies and gentlemen, the band First Circuit, Los Angeles based, but they are no uh, they're no local band. They're jumping right into the touring scene here. They've got shows coming up in Phoenix, they've got shows coming up in Flagstaff. This is all in the first week or two of December, it looks like here. Lost Leaf in Phoenix on the sixth. Hotel Monte Vista Cocktail Lounge. I can't wait to hang out in that place someday. Neither Ooh. can we. Beautiful Flagstaff. Uh, and then the 8th, Blackbird Bouvet. Is that how you pronounce that? We'll find out. But Al- I think so. Yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. Hotel Vegas in Austin, one of my favorite towns in the world, as well as the Blackheart in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So, and is that the end? Is that the, do you just turn around and come back after that? Or what uh, happens yeah, then? Yeah, we turn around after Austin. Um, we're probably going to be playing in Denton, either the Friday yeah. or Saturday night. And then... Uh, we're probably playing in Amarillo, which is Dustin's dad. Your hometown, right? You were born. Well, you yeah, were born I was there. born in Amarillo. So. Our, yeah, so our drummer, Dustin, born in Amarillo. We uh, we got an offer for the Monday or the Tuesday, so I just we just have to confirm which one. And Dustin's dad's going to cook us a big barbecue, right? That was the promise of in big Texas? Texas barbecue if we show up. <laughs> we're yeah. a vegan band. All of us are vegan, but you know the people around us will really enjoy the barbecue. But we don't condone cooking and eating meat. I'm 100 percent kidding, and I want that to be known. I like barbecue. Yes, we all do. I was just having a discussion on uh, on the interwebs this afternoon with a friend of mine who ne- needed a, a stuffing recipe oh. for the Thanksgiving holiday, which was which was just upon us recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, she needed a good stuffing recipe, and I, I uh, she kind of just posted a Facebook thing like, "Hey, I need I need a good stuffing recipe." So I responded like, "Well, my my grandmother Babush, who passed on this summer, uh, had um, like this classic from scratch." Like uh, with the sausage and the cornbread and some crackers and some celery and all this other stuff in it. It's pretty traditional, but yet, you know, not pretentious. It didn't have a bunch of fancy stuff in it. It's like perfect. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, other people had posted, you know, oh, you should try this and you should try that. And I was happy that she picked mine because oh, good. I think Grandma Babish needs to live on in terms of her stuffing. Yeah. Uh, but she's a vegetarian, so we had to kind of talk down the, uh, talk down the, the how to take the sausage out of the kind of the deal there. Right. But I'm nice. telling you, man, there is nothing in the entire world. My kitchen, as I'm cooking this stuff every year, you cook up some onions with the, the sausage. I mean, sounds amazing. I wish we'd done that. We, well, we always, my dad and I do uh, his mom's recipe, which is basically uh, box stuffing. But then you uh, do cut up uh, figs and apricots and other dried fruit, and we had it this year, and it's really good as yeah, always. Yeah. But when you do the uh, <laughs> when you do the uh, the onions with the sausage. I mean, it literally. I feel like I could. I could just fill up a bowl and eat it like cereal. It's so ridiculously sausage good. or the onions. with the onions it, together. That is a good. That would actually be a very popular children's cereal or an adult cereal. Oh Can man, alive! That? In any case, Thanksgiving, an excellent holiday. So you've got all these shows coming up. You did a Kickstarter to get the to get the money for this kind of thing here, and you've got some T-shirts to sell along the way. Mm-hmm. You'll be selling these CDs, the EP. How much are you selling the EP for? Um, five dollars. Five bucks. So that'll you know that'll defray some Slim Jim costs. Yeah, I don't think we'll be eating Slim Jims. We'll just be eating apples. It's, well, it's a rule I'm going to make. Will this be the first time this band has been on the road together? Yeah. yeah. And then who... Okay, I, this is San great. <laughs> What's that? We went on the road all the way to San Diego. Yeah, we went to San Diego a couple weeks ago for uh, you know, as a practice, a one-night right. tour to San Diego, and we got to the, the pleasure of uh, spending a night together in a hotel room. Uh-huh. And uh, we already began to learn a little bit more about each other than perhaps we wanted to. You're going to learn a lot more. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, Believe me. So who... Uh, how do you determine who gets? To, is, is you guys going to go in a van? Yeah, like yes. one, like one thing. Are you yeah. renting, or does someone have a van? Uh, a good friend of mine, Rufo, uh, owns one, and he you know has it. And if you know, he'll he'll rent it to you if he likes you and he likes us, and so he's a, he's a buddy. And uh, so yeah, we're we're borrowing, we're renting. That's so who gets to uh, who gets to choose the music that's on the stereo? That's always going to be the driver in my okay. my experience. The yeah. rule has been Driver's established. Choice. 
Driver's choice. Well, that's just the rule no, I always live by. I don't I, know. I guess I'll guys. never get to uh, choosing. You music don't drive. Band. And who <laughs> who in the band then has the most annoying taste in music? So that you're going to try to keep them from driving. No, oh, I got more than one guy raised their hand no, in here. It's definitely I, Dustin. I, I have an, an excellent taste in music, but uh, I'm just going to guess that it might not be everyone else's. Well, taste. here's the thing. B has an, an eclectic. I, I think he's going to probably bring to the table the most things that no one's heard before. Uh, whereas, give me give me an that. example, B, yeah. of what you think would be. Oh God, I don't know. Um, like klezmer. No, no, I don't. I don't get too wacky with it. Um, uh, I do have about eighty gigs of obscure psych rock, though, okay. that I could pull out. Which is I was wondering, are you fun. talking like like Roxy Music here? Are you talking no, Steely Dan? Are you talking classics. Tom Waits? No, I think everyone everyone See, that, here would agree yeah. that that's good Van Fodder. Yeah, I'll bring on to the me, Tom it's Waits. Like, you know, uh, it's. I'd rather hear stuff that I have never heard before too, because you know, it's. You, you got a lot of hours driving, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, and you guys, turn, it's a long turn, way. I mean, turn Austin's, me on to something, turn you into something. Fully, it's a, a thousand miles, a little more probably. From here, more yeah, than that. It's, yeah, it's, 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 a, a, I mean, it's a haul. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not financially the smartest thing in the world for us to do, but who, whoever got to the top by being totally financially smart. We wanted to right. play in Austin. We got two gigs there. We might do a third night there. Yeah. And so we decided to do it. And, you know, Texas is beautiful in December. I That's hope. the challenge for bands from like L.A. or San Diego is there's a lot of space between towns out here. It's Look, different if, you're, if you live yeah. in even the Midwest. If you're in Midwest Chicago, touring, you're yeah. like in within striking distance of a lot of cities pretty yeah. easily. But out here, you know, even San Francisco is the better part of a day's drive. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being from the East Coast, you could you could do as many cities as we're doing and drive, what, one tenth the miles? Like, <laughs> yeah, easily. Philly's two hours. You know, but, you know. We live here. This is where you live. And they have blizzards and we have sunshine. Yeah, we have fantastic day. weather. I love the weather here, man. Uh, I, I can't get it up. It's, uh, it's December, practically, and I'm jogging outside. Like shorts, shorts. no shirt. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I go naked through uh, Griffith Park. Which day? So I know not to go. Um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday, okay. Wednesday. All right. I'll stay away. So how about another tune, guys? All right. What's this well, going to be? We're going to do the, uh, let's do the title track. I hope you get what you came for. All right. This is the so. band First Circuit with the track from their new EP on Independence. Okay. Exhausting. 
Watching from the door, but I won't watch anymore. 
and that groovy jam, when that was uh, that's what it was actually, certifiably was the band First Circuit. They are a Los Angeles-based band. You can learn everything about them at firstcircuitband.com. You can also dig them on the Facebooks at facebook.com/firstcircuit. And of course, if you want to know anything about our show, Independence Day. You can always go to indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com, where we have every one of our shows podcasted. You can check them all out. There's some great stuff on there, man. If you're bored at work or even not bored at work, put the stuff on. It's, it's uh, good stuff. We've had some really great artists, and we've got some great artists coming up as well. Also, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash indepday. And if you're into the Twitter, we are at indepday, fully branded. Uh, so great music, man. It's such an interesting blend of, like, there's such a strong like British influence with like, it's almost like the Stone Roses a little bit. It's kind of, they're a little more up-tempo, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like you kind of set up this groove and you kind of jam over it, that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know, this is Adam. I don't know if, uh, I, I'm always curious to know what people compare us to or th- th- what, what they think of when they hear it because we don't know. I don't know. That's a good one. I haven't heard the Stone, Stone Roses, Roses one. Yeah. I really liked that first record when it came out. Really yeah. Well, they're, I mean, that's, that's, that's what's a really big thing that they did was they would kind of like just kind of set up a groove and then do kind of, kind of spacey stuff on top of it, which was the difference between them and like their, their predecessors like Pink Floyd. They would just they would kind of have a mid-tempo thing going on. with, And they would groove a little bit. Like if you listen to Live in Pompeii stuff, you know, just, mm-hmm. they kind of groove with stuff like that. But, but I really dig it. But this really, that song, that last song, it really brings to mind the pedal steel, which is such a big deal in this band, I think, here. And we've got... You know Kevin Milner on on the, on the steel here. You're doing such like I'll, I'll post some pictures of your pedal board up there. You've got the Leslie Simulator thing going. Like you built your own switch for the fast slow thing. Like I mean, I want to start with Adam, but then I want to talk to you as well about this. Like how, why, how, and why pedal steel in this like indie band framework? Um, well, one because he agreed to play with me. That's the first and foremost. But uh, no, on, I, you know, I've, all these songs are songs I've written. Uh, and done recording on, uh, on my own, and I do a lot of kind of guitar effect kind of things, you know, atmospheric type of noises, and it was one of those things like, well, when I put it together a band, since I have to sing and, and play guitar, I won't be able to do that. And then I met Kevin, you know, at a friend of a friend's place, you know, he was just there, and he was playing pedal steel, I was like, ooh. I was like, we actually, I recruited him for a different band, a country band, called the Richie West Band, shout out. And, uh, and then we were jamming one day at the, at the band practice, and I, I did one of my songs, and he started playing on it, and I was like, holy moly and then i said do you want to join a band with me and he said yes so it was basically a way to get all these sounds that i thought were a lost cause for like a live rock band and you know more i you know i know he can also be basically the organ and like the song yeah. atmosphere that played earlier you know you're like oh there's an organ part nope it's kevin on the pedal steel yeah so i mean it's just versatile i mean i had no idea that he was going to come with this huge rig and be able to make all these awesome sounds and come yeah. up with cool parts. And-, and let's and let's talk to Kevin about this, Kevin. Like you're, you know, you're not all the way to Lanois because he does all these soundscape things, but you're kind of on that continuum. Like where, you know, you're you're pushing the instrument into kind of like new places or places that most players traditionally don't mm-hmm. play. Like where did you get where did you get the idea to do this? Well, I mean, for me, a lot of it is it's an example or a way to experiment and make new sounds. Um, you know, judging by my pedal board, I, I like making weird noises, but I don't normally get to actually make those in a band situation. I play in a lot of, you know, country, whether it be at old country or, or even some, some new country or folk music. Um, you know, I, I just find myself, you know, making the same, the same tones and everything yeah, like yeah. that. And so I, I just really wanted to, this has been a great opportunity to, you know, expand, play around, expand my sonic palette. And, uh, 
Yeah, just try and do something different. But where did the idea come from, though, to the do idea. this? Like, is there's like, I mean, let me, let me backtrack. Okay. Who who got you into pedal steel guitar? Was there a particular <clears throat> player or a particular song, a particular style? Like, what, where did it start for you? It's kind it, of a. It's an esoteric instrument. Most people don't start out with yeah, pedal steel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a progression for me. I, you know, I, as a high school kid, started, you know, picked up a guitar, learning Jack Johnson songs. I was from Santa Barbara, you know, and. Um, so I learned guitar, and then uh, I started listening to, to Ben Harper records, and he plays a lot of lap steel. And so I was like, okay, I want to learn how to play these songs. And so I bought a lap steel and uh, didn't really... Yeah, the Weisenborn, that's his big thing. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have one of those one of those too. Um, but so I started learning some of his songs on, on, on lap steel. And, uh, but then, you know, it kind of stalled. I, you know, it's, it's a tough instrument, and... Um, but it really picked up for me when I uh, met a bunch of buddies that were really into country music, and I really had had very little exposure to country music growing up. And they were, you know, just doing this weekly jam session. And I just started kind of hanging out with them and playing music, and kind of through that I learned lap steel, and then got into dobro and bluegrass and and all that. But then I just kind of got frustrated without, you know, being stuck in whatever tuning I was in. You know, if I'm if I'm right, if I'm tuned to an E major, then I can't make a you know, a full three-note minor chord. You know, I can fake it. I can, you know, play fifths and stuff like that. But I, you know, And you can do your slants and things like yeah. that. But it's... Yeah, but when you slant it, you can only hit hit two strings at a time. It's the one in between is, you know, isn't going to be, um, isn't going to be in tune. So, uh, so I kind of got, got frustrated there. I only had a six-string lap steel. And so, um, so then I picked up the pedal steel and kind of, kind of jumped right in. I, you know, tried it on my own for a little bit, but there's a, guy down in uh, San Pedro that uh, gave me lessons for a little bit and um, that's kind of how I got into the steel in general I, I love it it's it's my main I almost never pick up a guitar yeah it's such it's such a crazy instrument like for people who out there in the world who don't know how this instrument is played like you sit down at it but then you know you play it in front of you you know there's there are no frets so you're not fretting at any point mm-hmm. you've got picks on your uh, right hand like mm-hmm. little thumb picks finger picks and then you're playing with a slide so you got to get your intonation is very very important you know yeah. you're moving around all over the place but as if that's not complicated enough then you've got levers that you push your knees left and right that actually raise and lower the pitch of strings or up I have yeah. a vertical knee lever yeah and, there's a, <laughs> and he's got a vertical knee lever and then you've also got foot pedals that you can change the pitch of strings and if that's not complicated enough there's also a volume pedal on top of it all mm-hmm. and then what you're doing you know, you're kind of doing this octopus dance with your pedals on top of it all. So, I mean, it's such... The only other instrument that I think comes close is the Hammond organ, where you've got the drawbars, and you've got the Leslie, and you've yeah. got the tremolo, and you've got the key click, and you've got all these other things that are that are ancillary to actually the music itself. Yeah, that's that's actually how I, how I describe it to a lot of people if I'm trying to describe what the pedal steel guitar is, but I don't have, I don't have it in front of me. I'm saying, well, it's, it's kind of pedal steel is to guitar as... You know, Hammond organ is to piano, you know, piano or electric piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such a great sound. I'm a big uh, Eric Haywood fan. He played with Uncle Tupelo okay. towards the end yeah. of their career and played on the Sunvolt records. Um, the second Sunvolt record, actually, the first two Sunvolt records. There's so much pedal steel, and he really he kind of he almost plays it like a guitar in the sense that he'll he'll really like, get a lot of gain. He'll dirty mm-hmm. it up and play really cool lines. Some of my favorite steel yeah. workers on that. Anyway, I could yammer about pedal steel all day, man. It's, it's <laughs> As could I. such a cool instrument. So, but who, what, what players do you really like? Uh, I mean, my my absolute hands down favorite is an LA LA guy, Greg Lease. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's he's session guy since yeah. the dawn of time. He's on. I mean, he's on. He's on everything. Um, 
I mean, I mean, he's 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 spanned so many different types of music, especially being out in L.A. I mean, he's on you know the new Bonnie Vera record. He's, right. he's on the new John Mayer record, but um, he plays it kind of differently than a lot of you know the chicken picking guys in, in Nashville and stuff like that. Um, my my absolute favorite Greg Lee's record is uh, Sarah Watkins. Oh yeah, um, her her first solo self titled album. He's just he's all over it. Man, it's just it's, it's the most beautiful record. Yeah, she's great from Nickel Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's fantastic. I got a chance to see her. I got free tickets to see um, Mary Chapin Carpenter at the Nokia, not the big Nokia theater, but the little mm-hmm. club Nokia one. I'd never been there before. Maybe about a month or two ago. And Sarah was the opening act, and I'd okay. seen her play live, like on Prairie Home Companion, that kind of thing. But she was really fantastic. Yeah, she played a free show in Pasadena this summer. Very nice. Actually, one of the Love It Pavilion. Yeah, Thanks. big fan of hers. Big fan of their work. Uh, so, how about some more music? Now we've now we've had our treatise on on pedal steel and why it's in your band. Uh, let's hear another tune. All right, <clears throat> let's do another long count. Okay, yeah. so this is a song that's not on the album. It's actually uh, one of our newer New? ones. It's uh, uh, wrote it this summer. What's so. it called? Another long count. All right, cool. Let's hear this.
First Circuit on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. So happy to have you listening along. So happy to have you hearing this great band. Yet another cool band that we found here in Los Angeles. But they are by, like I said, they are not just a Los Angeles band. They've got a tour coming up all through the Southwest, all the way to Austin and back. That's like a lot of good barbecue on the way to there, man. Yeah. We're going to not eat until then. Good to good Mexican food and good barbecue. Yep. We've, we've had a fill at Thanksgiving last week, and now we're, gonna, we're on, all on a diet of no eating. So that we can, you know, look. It's hard, man. It's it's the road is funny, man. It's it's hard to because you feel like in some ways it's like a, like you're out of your element. It's kind of like a vacation. So you feel like you kind of let yourself off the hook in terms of what you eat. And like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I love pork rinds. You don't really like pork rinds. They're just there, you know. And you eat them, you know. And it's and you're you know you're you're traveling and you're kind of like. A, it's like the band against the world, and and you wind up. That's where you you pick up bad habits, I think, and and and, and a lot of people smoke, I think. Well, none of us, luckily, none of us smoke, and we're all gonna we're all gonna have uh, daily jogs. We're gonna do five mile runs at six a.m. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Um, well, it's well, daily they don't know this yet. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gear, like I, I don't want to jinx, I don't want to jinx any band, but this is such a prevalent thing, and I want to know how you guys are going to address this particular uh, topic. Uh, so many bands lose their gear on tour. It gets stolen. Like no. big bands, little <laughs> bands. Like how are you guys going to address it? Thanks for bringing that up. That's really, that's great. Um, B? I'm hyper on tour about gear. I'm a yeah. freak. I don't like yeah. to leave the van too much. I think, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that um, we're all uh, mature and uh, very responsible. And I think that we'll, I think all of us will have an eye on it. Like we're, we're the kind of, I think, I'm not too worried about that. Um, you back it but, right up to that Motel Six door, right? Until yeah. you can't, till you're touching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a million tricks, but I mean, bands, well-known bands. Yeah, true. Wilco lost all their gear. Yeah, uh, Sunvolt yeah, lost all, all their gear. Uh, Cracker lost tweeting. all their gear. <laughs> Petty, he wasn't even on. Tour. Hey, Petty, he wasn't even on yeah. tour. He was in his hometown, and he got most. They got almost all those guitars back. Yeah, I think. What kind of scumbag? Yeah. First of all, steals from any band because that's just objectionable. But who steals from Tom Petty? Because, you know, like, it's not like they're not going to know whose guitars they I'm are. I'm going to steal this very identifiable guitar. Yeah. I'll never get caught. <laughs> Morons. Well, no one's going to steal uh, from us because, um, you know, they, they know that we will not get mad. We will get even. Yeah. Um, That's the trick. We have the power of the first circuit behind us. The worst. You know who Jason Isbell is? No. Guitar player. He used to be in Drive-By Truckers. Now he's got his own band. Uh, he was in in Texas again. I don't want to jinx you guys. I hope this is this isn't. You've been jinxing us for the last harb- five minutes. <laughs> harbinger of doom here. But it was the it was the worst story. Is about I think it was about this time last year or maybe two years ago. <laughs> Sometime Just early December, I would up. say. Somewhere they along got the I-10 uh, yeah. all their they got uh, their whole van, like the trailer, the van, the whole kit and caboodle was stolen. And then they ended up making their way back. They're from North Alabama. They ended up making their way back home, and they got a call that they found their van and they found the trailer with the lock still on it. So then they made it. This is all played out on Twitter, you know, because Jason Isbell's maniacal. He tweets every five seconds, day and night. So he made his way back to Texas, and then they got the thing, and they opened the van, but it was empty. They locked like, it up tight. They, huh? they, like, <laughs> they, somehow the thieves got all the gear and then locked it back up. I mean, that's just cruel. There was a time in New York I was so paranoid that I just took the battery out of the van and walked into the apartment we were yeah, staying. I could see that. All the, you know, of course, they did every. Every time we went Still to New York, we got our, we got broken into every single time. Yeah. So we lost a few T-shirts and whatnot, but uh, they didn't take the van, yeah. all the gear, because it was all under the loft. You know? Yeah, I mean, every that, that time I'm story. out, I take my, I take the the, the the most portable stuff I take into the hotel room. Sure, I think every guitar will probably come in every night and steel and pedal board. And steel, yeah, symbols. we'll probably bring amps and stuff. We will, you know, I don't want to unload everything all the night. Well, we'll, we'll just have to. 
see. I remember playing in a band in the early aughts in, in Boston called Lost Pilot, and we would play in New York. And you know, my, the other guys were from there, and we had literally unloaded everything from the van into like sometimes like the fourth floor walk right. up. And I was like, "Really? Do we yeah. really have to do this?" And the answer was yes. Yes, you really have to do that. The answer is yes. It's the simple answer. I always thought, make an ideal world, what you would do, what I always wanted to do, would get like get one of those reissue blackface deluxe reverbs, get like a reissue Strat and a bunch of Boss pedals that I wasn't concerned about. I mean, it would yeah. suck to have the stuff stolen, stolen right. but those are all easily replaceable items. It's not like a good point. fancy, fancy stuff. Cause yeah. That's well, why we're all going to Guitar Center on the way out, <laughs> replacing everything. You'll actually return it, returning it. it You'll notice a lot of, yeah. it's funny, like a lot of bands who tour a lot don't use boutique pedals for that very reason. They, they, because they need to be able to tell their road manager to be, go to Guitar Center in any town, I need a TU2 tuner, I need the orange distortion pedal, and I need you know, green picks. I only, my, the only thing I would not be able to replace is the head, the, my Sovtech head. Yeah, your amp. My head, my amp head, yeah. I've never seen another one like it, or it. I've seen other ones like it, but not it. It's really, it convinces you to pare down, because that's yeah. less stuff you have to schlep into the hotel room. Hear that, Kevin? Paring down? <clears throat> Kevin's got 14 pedals on his board. Yeah. But <laughs> his, but, but his pedal board is smaller than yours, man. He's got 14 <laughs> pedals on Joe, it, but Joe, you've got all Joe, this, this real estate here. This is not the point. <laughs> yes, mine, is, mine is unwieldy and bulky and heavier and worse, but that's my, not the point. My steel is... Uh, 65 pounds in case. Yeah. Yeah, my old guitar player, he played steel as well. So I made a deal with him that if he, when we went to shows, um, if I actually kept the steel at my house, because he didn't want to schlep it around. Mm-hmm. So as long as I brought it to the show and like got it out and put the, you know, kind of got the well, legs on and everything, you to do that. then he would, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a tech. I can handle that stuff. Uh, and I can hack a little bit through the pedal steel anyway. But as long as I came and set it up, he would play it. So that was a fair deal yeah. for me. Sounds hor. Nope, not the deal, Kevin. I got what I wanted because I got pedal steel on my shows, yeah. and you know, uh, and he didn't. He got what he wanted. He didn't have to carry his own pedal steel. The, the best band practice ever was the time that Kevin was had like a neck crick and he couldn't bend over. So I got muscle to, spasm in my in yeah, my back. Yeah, muscle yeah. spasm in his back. That's what it was. So I got to assemble and disassemble. Well, Dustin and I got to assemble and disassemble the steel and take care of his equipment. And well, was, I was lying on the floor. Yeah. Pain. So that part Acting. that wasn't really the best band practice ever, but one of the highlights of anyway. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. Let's digress a little bit. Let's talk about sure. let's talk about technology and the new music paradigm. You said before you guys were about to film a video, and I find it very interesting that once upon a time, like in the '80s, that was of course the biggest thing. That's kind of what drove the industry, right. and then they all just went away. And now, because you can do it, just like recording on Pro Tools or other digital software, you can do videos for nothing. You can shoot it HD on your iPhone, edit it on a Mac with just with the built-in editing software. Yeah. So, like, what I'm curious, you know, with this Kickstarter thing, what are you? Will you disclose the budget for your video? Or? No, I won't. Um, it's many millions. No, we're gonna keep it under a thousand. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully, make it worth that. I mean, well, that's the thing. That's. It, it kind of forces you to be more creative. And you for $1,000, that's an extravagant video budget compared to some bands I know. Well, sure. So that's why we hope to make it extravagant. I mean, we haven't come up with a final idea yet. We've been talking to the guys who are going to help us make it. and uh-huh. um, So, yeah, but it is it is because it's, you know, under 1000 is certainly way less than they were making, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit. You know? Yeah. And then, but to what... To what end in tw- late 2012, 2013, to what end is making a video? What will it do for you? Anyone else want to feel that question? I don't know. I think it's going to be uh, something fun that we can... I, I look at it as, as a tool to get uh, more blogs and other you know, kind of you know, online things, uh, online presence, uh, places like you know, newspapers that have online sites and, and uh, 
blogs the interested. YouTube. You know, because you send them a link to the album, they're going to be like, eh, and then it's, you know, it's, they're going to have to stop listening to what they do. If you if you have a video that they can watch, I, f- I feel like I watch videos more than I would if it was a click. Yeah, you know, if I yeah. someone sent me a link to look at and read. <laughs> Yeah, get that noise. It gives yeah. it more. It gives it an extra layer of value, or, 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 or you know, it's like a value added thing. Right. You know, it's multimedia now. Whoa. Plus, you get to see Kevin's face, and for me, that is kind of the selling point of the band, <laughs> of course. And so, what and how else do you guys use technology? I mean, not just recording. I'm talking about like to promote the band. Like we've got this whole. There's so many different ways to go about this now. And how are you? How are you? Is, are you pro- approaching this? Adam is our master. Promoter. Well. I can't take full credit. B B also promotes a lot of other bands, so he he's always like, "So did you um did you think of doing a website through WordPress?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I thought of that. How do you do that?" So like uh so <laughs> we tag team it. He comes up with the idea, then and then I the and I do it. It's a great situation I got going here. Why don't you try making the frame a little bigger? Oh God, how do you do that? Anyway, so but yeah, so we have a we have a, we have a website. We're not relying just on like a Facebook page, which we also obviously have. I have a Twitter feed. I, I still haven't figured out Twitter. Uh, the whole Bandcamp, that's a new one. That's kind of changed everything in the yeah, last few Yeah, that's very new. Just the past Band couple of years, it's like, become a big yeah. deal. I think it's the fact that you can get uncompressed audio is probably, to me, the personal biggest selling point because, every, you know, everyone's on iTunes, but, you know, you're getting an uncompressed, un, you know, uh, managed track. Right, yeah. Through Bandcamp, you upload the highest you know the biggest files the wave files and so you know we're used to hearing mp3s everywhere and getting them from itunes and stuff but yeah we so you can select download the wave file or are there other Flat. better you can do yeah you can do uncompressed audio so oh, is that, you, oh, is that, yeah that's actually which thing. is you can choose you know and you can have that choice because uh, most people don't care they uh, uh well that's not to say that but people are cool with mp3s you don't want to fill yeah. up all your hard drives but if something you really like and you like you know you're listening yeah. to it in really nice stereo you can hear the compression yeah. of mp3s if you're on the nice a real nice stereo if if yeah and there you go Bank that's, will serve that's it up like for the you. curse of a musician is that you have a crappy stereo because i spent all the money on gear yeah. you know on yeah. performance gear recording gear pedals god only knows what else so i've always had a crappy stereo and then just this past spring like or winter in february a friend of mine gave me like it's probably his collegiate stereo unit but it's it was light years beyond what i had you know so i i've fallen out of love with my ipod like initially you know eight or ten years ago when i first got it's like oh my god i've got 400 albums in my pocket the size of a pack of smokes and it's it's this tiny little thing and it was like i'd be on airplanes flying over the south pacific like oh i want to hear golden palominos alive and kicking and there it is my whole collection and that that's that's cool still, but since I, I got that stereo, I dragged out my old carousel CD player, and it's like, once upon a time, like Neil Young was complaining about how CDs sound. Now they sound like a dream. Compared to MP3. Compared yeah, to yeah. MP3s, oh, it's, right, a, it's a right, miracle. Right. But I, I'm a big fan of the comeback of vinyl. You know, the, oh, these, definitely. This is our little EP that we recorded in two days. It's not available on vinyl, but uh, you know, we obviously have plans probably sometime in 2013 to record a full length, and my goal would be, would be to absolutely uh, release that on vinyl. Here's the thing. Would you... you guys for for a full length LP for the band, would you roll the EP into fantastic and, and question? Create a full album out we, of that, or would you do completely new material? We would we wouldn't use any of these recordings. Whether we took a song or two that fit thematically, like um, two of the songs are kind of are much newer than the other three, or that's not, three of them actually. Anyway, I would I would definitely be okay with 
doing that. We have not talked about this or anything, but there's a I have enough songs uh, that I've written that kind of fit a, a mood that uh, I would guess would be mostly new stuff. Yeah, and if yeah. and if we did borrow a song, it would not be the same recording. All right. Well, very nice. We will. I'll look forward to that one way or another. Cool. And I'd like yeah. to. I'd like to get. We're we're almost out of time, but I'd like to get one more song in before you guys roll. This is like the big opus, the magnum opus, right? This is the big. The yeah. Big this tune. well. Yeah. This song's called Wasting Water. It's a. It's just one of our longer songs. Okay. In a series of longer songs. Wonderful. Well, it's been. Uh, we'll talk just a little bit after this tune, Sounds but it's been good. great having you guys on. Let's hear this tune. Great to be here. Cool. All right. Wasting water. Waste a lot of time in a foreign land. No one gets along, no one understands. That the holes, the holes we try to fill, they only fill with steam. There's renovation in these creationary times. down if you can bring peace of mind don't be scared to die you never
And that, the track Wasting Water, the band First Circuit. You heard it here first on Independence Day. You can learn everything about them at firstcircuitband.com. Also like them on Facebook, facebook.com slash firstcircuit. Uh, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for have, coming out, spending the night with us tonight. I can't wait. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to your tour. On, on behalf. I wish I was out there with you guys, man. I would love to be out in that van. we got room on the roof. Like driving around. No, not that good. Not that much. <laughs> Um, but I'd love to be driving around the the, uh, the Southwest and playing tunes and in like breaking guitar strings and like going out among the English and entertaining them. It sounds like a blast to me, man. It's gonna be fun. I wish you guys the absolute best of luck. So if you're Thanks if so you uh, find yourself a resident of Phoenix or Flagstaff, Albuquerque or Austin, or you said a couple other ones in there, Denton maybe. Yeah, Denton, Amarillo, probably. Amarillo. So there's if you're in one of these towns, man, please go see the band. These guys are great. They put on a great show. Uh, and I can't wait. To, uh, please keep and let me know what's up with next year. If you've got a new record, we'd love to have you guys back on the show. We'd love to be back. We'll definitely let you know. And thank you so much for having us here. It's, it's my blast. pleasure. So the band, Adam Kurtz, Kevin Milner, B. Hussey, and Dustin Prince, they make up collectively the band First Circuit. And thank you very, very much to them. Uh, I've got some great artists coming up here, but I can't tell you about them because nothing is confirmed, but I think you'll be surprised when you hear who it is. So thanks again to First Circuit, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and as always to Valentino Rivera from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.